Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have a great time today with a repeat guest. I love it when my guests are so cool that I have to have them on more than once. We're going to talk taxes, folks. I know y'all just cringed and thought, oh my God. But when you plan well, when you do it right, it really is not as painful as we all think it's going to be. And so to help us through this process today, Please join me in welcoming back to our program, Bernadette Harris. Welcome back, Bernadette. Thank you. I am so excited about being a returning guest. Like, you have no idea how cool that is. You know, I love all my guests, but when I get to talk with them more than once, it's even more special. Um, you know, And I tell people it's really funny when, you know, I'm looking at the time and I get to like the last five minutes of the program and I think, oh, no, we're not anywhere near done. You know, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, I, I almost always have that happen with my guests. Sometimes it's like, mm, okay, well, they're a one-timer, but, you know, but I really love it when we have guests who are on more than once. Because you're such an expert in this, and that's why it's going to be so nice to talk to you. Well, I am. I'm excited about this, and I I want your listeners to know that this. I promise you. I promise. I promise. I promise. This will not be boring. I know you. Know, and, <laughs> and I love it. I'm looking on your website right now, and it says, "Imagine looking forward to tax season." <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Oh, Bernadette, holy yeah. smoly!" Yeah, you like know? like what are you saying, oh, girl? <laughs> you, you had too much eggnog. I know. <laughs> Let me give folks just a little bit of your background for those who didn't listen in November when we had you on before or who just need a refresher or have never met you. So Bernadette L. Harris is a tax and forensic accountant, a number one best-selling author, keynote speaker, and QuickBooks trainer committed to keeping small business in business. As president of Buy the Book Accounting, she has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs across the country start run, and grow thriving businesses. She helps her clients set their business up right, protect their business from fraud, and actually look forward to tax season. Bernadette's sense of humor and ability to translate accounting language into plain English makes her an in-demand speaker, radio guest, and workshop leader. She has conducted training sessions for the U.S. Small Business Administration and has developed her own seminar series. Bernadette has helped workshop participants and clients alike avoid costly mistakes and save thousands of dollars in taxes. So again, Bernadette, welcome. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. You know, and it's funny because I think probably almost, you know, and and this is purely obviously anecdotal, but I think, you know, many, almost all, you know, small business owners, when they think taxes, when they think accounting, they're like, oh, yes, (gasps) they cringe, they cringe. They think like, oh my gosh, like how in the world I hate this part of my business because, you know, most most small business owners are in love with what they do and they're not really in love with the whole numbers side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and Deb, that's really what I do. You know, I I help people to understand that there is a difference. There's a difference between I say it all the time, like there's a difference between baking a really great cake and running a bakery. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same is true. Like when you are when you connect with the right person, when you get the right person on your team, i.e. me, uh, (laughs) uh, you get the right person on your team, then you can focus on baking those cakes Mm -hmm. and I can help you with making sure that you are running the business properly so you know and it's funny i'm still amazed when i will talk to a small business owner maybe i'll say something along the lines of you're keeping track of my mileage and they look at me and they go what do you mean and i say well i keep track of my mileage because i it goes on my taxes and they still give me these kind of blank you know why should i bother looks and i say I get back thousands of dollars every year. (laughs) And and now, granted, we live in Atlanta. And yes, Bernadette actually lives here in Atlanta with me. Um, And and, and so we drive a lot. A lot. Atlanta is just, you know, but even when I was in Denver, I would drive several thousand miles every year. And it was worth it to keep track of that. Um, And I, you know, I'm I'm very careful. You know, it's funny, you know, I. I might <clears throat> on occasion go a little over the speed limit or, you know, do some other thing. But I tell you, I do not mess with the IRS. And so I always keep very good records. And, you know, and, and like so on my mileage, you know, I don't deviate and think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to add a mile or two here because I went to Starbucks. No, uh-uh. you know, I, I keep really good track. But, you know, a- as you said, a lot of it is just in the process, you know, getting it set up. So it's mm-hmm. almost second nature to you, you know, whatever your process is, you know, I do mine a lot electronically, but, you know, however, it, and there's apps, you know, I love yeah. apps that do things yeah. for you, you know, and, and all these various things, you know, and, and, and by simplifying it, by setting it up right to start with, it does free us up to actually do what it is that we went into business to do. Right. And the part of the business that we actually love to do. Right. Um, and it's so funny that you mentioned that because, and I know you don't have my notes because I didn't send them to you. Um, <laughs> so, but I, one of the, the first things that I wanted to talk about is, you know, as you're getting prepared for tax season right. is the importance of record keeping mm-hmm. and how record keeping, you know, when you talked about the mileage and oh my gosh, Deb, I'm sitting here listening. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she was at my last workshop. So <laughs> because I get people, I get that deer in headlights look mm-hmm. as well when I mention mileage and how how much of a deduction that mileage is. And you have people that say stuff like, well, I'll just keep my gas receipts. And I have to tell them that keeping track of your mileage is a lot better than keeping track of your gas. And nice. Um, so here's the example that I usually tell people, um, and, and you said it, like in Atlanta, it is very, very easy to um, drive 100 miles, like mm-hmm. in one trip. Right. <laughs> um, so and so we'll just use 100 as an example, um, and, and I'm going to use round numbers, but let's just say the mileage rate is 50 cents. It's more than that, but it's a few cents more than that. But right. if the mileage rate is 50 cents a mile and you drive 100 miles, which Deb and I can do that today. Mm-hmm. Um, in Atlanta, um, now you have 
a mileage deduction of $50. Well, I don't know. I don't care what kind of car you drive. Even if you drive a Hummer, it's not going to cost you $50 in gas to go 100 miles. Mm -hmm. And if you have a sensible vehicle, um, like a sedan or something, or even even more sensible, you know, an electric car or something like that, you've spent uh, even less. Mm-hmm. To drive 100 miles, but the IRS is going to give you a $50 deduction for that 100 miles. Right. And so just that simple example alone explains to you why it is so important to keep track of your mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, that there there are apps out there. So there's one app, um, and I I have no, I'm not endorsing this. I don't get anything for saying this. Um, but uh, Mile IQ is one. That's mm-hmm. a really cool app. And uh, some, I just told one of my clients about this app, and she's like, I don't want to have to remember to, to do anything. And I said, Oh, this app is perfect because you download it on your phone, and as long as you don't leave your phone home, and who does that anymore? I know. <laughs> As long as you take your phone with you, then you're good to go because Mile Mile IQ will they know when your car is moving, and mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, we're going on a trip, and so the, it, it it pops on, mm-hmm. and once your car stops, it it will say not stop at a red light, but it, it somehow it knows like right. you know you're, that yeah, you're long enough, mm-hmm. right, right, like you've parked, mm-hmm. and then it'll say, was this a business trip or a personal trip, and you swipe one way for business. One way for personal, and it is tracking your mileage mm-hmm. all year long. And you get a neat little report that you can print out and bring it to me when it's time to do your taxes. You know, so um, it's just, you know, and again, that's just one of the systems that you can put into place to where it's not painful to keep track of it. And that is just one of the many tips that I give people to help them look forward to tax season. See, I'm telling you, it's possible. Right, right. You know, and for those of us who home office, there are things in our office that we can write off. And, and you know, and, and it does get very tricky. And so that's why I always say, you know, folks, unless you are a person who does taxes, you need to go to someone who does. Um, right. Because you want to make sure that you get, you know, every advantage that you can. But, you know, you also need to make sure that if <clears throat> they call and say, hello, we need to look at your books, mm-hmm. that you've done them properly. And then you don't have to worry when you get audited and, and things like that. But, it, you know, it, it's it's definitely worth it to work with someone like Bernadette who's going to say, OK, you can keep track of this and this and this and this. And some of it is, you know, like an, an annual thing. You know, what is the size of your office in your home and, you know, all those various things. It's not like that changes. Right. Unless you move. Right. right. (laughs) And and now, you know, I know people who get really, really detailed about it. You know, they actually have clients that come to their homes. So they're able to do a little bit more. You know, they figure, I mean, they, they've kept track of how much toilet paper they might be using, you know, and, 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 okay, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it does add up, you know, $5 here, $5 there. It really can add up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what else, you know, because we're, we're doing this uh, recording right at the, the first of the year. What are other things that we really need to be doing to prepare for the tax season? So, the, again, the record keeping piece is really big. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I recommend, again, I work with a lot of business owners who don't like this part of their business. And so what my job is, is to help them put a system into place to where 
there's some automation. It's not, you know, it's not time consuming and they actually look forward to it. So one of the things that I do, Deb, is I teach people how to use QuickBooks. Cool. I love Um, QuickBooks. Love, love, love it. Yeah. I teach people how to use QuickBooks so that they can keep track of their income and expenses throughout the year. And in that teaching, it's, you know, I'm also showing you these, you can't deduct this, but you can deduct that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But I love QuickBooks because it's really, really easy to use. How, you know, it is also easy to mess up, and that's the reason why you need training, and that's what right. I do. Um, but it's really easy to use, and I love the online version of QuickBooks oh, yeah. um, because you can connect it to your bank account. It'll automatically download your transactions. And if you do the same stuff or pretty much the same stuff every single month, after a while, QuickBooks is like, hey, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way, to, that's a way to automate it and save you time. You're able to kind of manage your business and you're, you know, you are ready for tax season. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, that's one of the great things that I do. And I, you know, Deb, I'm, because I love QuickBooks, I've been using QuickBooks for over 15 years now. And because I love it so much and I've trained so many people, hundreds of people to use QuickBooks, I just recently signed up to be a reseller. For into it, yeah. And so now I get to with my clients. I'm actually able to pass on like preferred pricing to them. So, like QuickBooks Online, my clients get half off the first year that they're using QuickBooks. And so, yeah. So that you know, and it's kind of an it it, it's an incentive Mm -hmm. to get you know get started with QuickBooks, and it it doesn't cost you as much. You know, kind of going out the gate. So those clients that are just getting started, it definitely helps them with their cash flow and things like that. So those are some of the things that you can do, um, you know, from a record keeping standpoint. So make sure you're keeping track of your mileage. Make sure that, you know, you have QuickBooks where you're keeping track of income and expenses. And um, there are so many benefits to that. I think that's another show, Deb, you know, but, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but you know, there are so many benefits to that. And then you mentioned it, you know, your home office deduction. If you work from home or if you have a home office, you may have a, a brick and mortar. You can still take a home office deduction if you do substantial amount of work from home. Mm-hmm. And so that home office deduction is something that you want to keep track of. So keeping track of now you're not paying your personal bills through your business account, please. Yes, danger, danger. Mm -hmm. Yes, but you want to keep track of the things that you can deduct in your home office. So um, you can deduct a portion of your utilities. If you own your home, you can deduct a portion of your property taxes and mortgage interest and things like that. And so you want to keep track of those types of things. Repairs, um, lawn care, if you have someone that cleans your house, you know, all types of things that you can deduct a percentage of expenses that you're going to have anyway. Mm-hmm. But as a business owner and a home-based business owner, you get a, a, an opportunity to take a percentage of that. Right. Um, and so, and people are, I can tell they're rolling their eyes and saying, wait a minute, I could deduct my lawn care. Mm-hmm. Not all of it. And of course there's rules, right. but yes, you can, because this is your business. And, and part of being a small business owner is taking your business seriously enough to have it set up properly. You know, this is not, hey, I've got my laptop on the dining room table and, you know, and and I I work kind of whenever. You know, now, yes, there are small businesses that are like that. But, you know, the, the more serious you take your small business, the better it is just 
in in so many ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head with that because a part of the rules as far as the home office deduction is there is a regular and exclusive rule. And so it means that you have to use your office regularly and your office needs to be exclusively your office. So I say it can't be an office slash guest room slash den slash playroom. Mm -hmm. It has to be an office. So if it has a treadmill, if it has a bed, um, you know, unless you're a personal trainer, (laughs) you know, it probably Mm -hmm. should not be. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be an office. And I mean, that is not an odd thing. Most people, uh, especially now, you people get extra bedrooms when they purchase Mm -hmm. homes or rent homes because they need a home office. And so having a home office that is exclusively your home office is a part of that rule requirement um, to get this benefit. So it's like these are benefits to small business owners, but in in order to to get these benefits, you have to follow some rules. You have to do some things. Mm -hmm. There's a responsibility that comes with that benefit of being able to take this deduction. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it is about getting things set up correctly to start with. Um, you know, and, and, and you mentioned QuickBooks. I mean, you know, when I first started my business, I think I did for maybe the first year, everything on Excel. So at least I kept track, you know, and, and things like that. But, you know, then when I went to my accountant, she just looked at me like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and so I did. I got into QuickBooks. Um, you know, I love it because, you know, you can invoice through it. You can get paid through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these various things. QuickBooks obviously, you know, adds more features all the time. And one of the important things is to me, you know, I've, I mentioned, you know, taking your business seriously. It also shows your clients, your customers that you're serious. Yeah. You know, when when they get an invoice that is properly prepared, that looks right, that isn't scratched out on a piece of, you know, cocktail napkin, they're going to think, oh, wow, you know, you really are a business and I'll do business with you again. Exactly. Exactly. An invoice that they can pay online as opposed to a Word document that you've created and now they have to mail you a check. You know, like I don't have any checks. I don't I I literally do not have I've recently switched banks and when I switch banks I'm like I'm not ordering checks because Mm -hmm. I still have I still have checks that I ordered um like three or four years ago that I still don't that I haven't used all of them yet so um so yeah yeah my checks actually still have Colorado address on them (laughs) You know, because there was no point. And, and, you know, it's not like they'll let you print 10 checks. You know, right. You have to print a whole bunch right. of Right, 500. Yeah, yeah like I, <laughs> I, I don't think I've used 500 the entire time of my business, you know. And, and so, you know, and it's like, okay, the account number's right. That's all that matters. Exactly, um, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I for business purposes, I write six checks a year, maybe. You know, maybe six checks a year. Um, You know, and it, now it's funny. I do have a couple clients who will not pay online. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, you know, and I try to explain to them, it's quicker, it's faster, it's, you know, all these various things. And, of course, they are the clients that I always have to remind. You know, hello, you haven't paid me yet. Right, right. The whole going to the mailbox and then having to go to the bank is just Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and, you know, thank heavens for the app where I can take a picture (laughs) and and all those things. But, yeah, you know, it's just, and and they're good clients. You know, it's not that they're, you know, forgetting or anything. It's just, you know, that gets put off into the pile. 
And if it was just click that link in that email, it's done. Exactly. You know, we love it. And, you know, and, and I keep, you know, I, every year I tell them I can set this up so that, you know, it can be a debit. You can use your debit card, you know, all the and they look at me like, oh. yeah, like, what are you speaking? Is this a new language? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. One of the things you mentioned was, you know, not paying uh, business with your personal. Probably one of the best pieces of advice that I got way back when, holy cow, I think my business started over 20 years ago. I have to look at that. Um, But I had somebody tell me, set up your business bank account in a completely different bank than your personal, not a different account, a totally different bank. And they said that makes it so much easier to keep the two separate. You know, you pull out your debit card and it's got, you know, Chase Bank on it as opposed to the credit union or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they said it's it, that way. It's 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 just a much easier way of accounting. And I love that. I mean, that really was probably one of the best pieces of advice that I got because it is it's so easy. You know, I, I never pull out my business card when I'm getting ready to you know pay groceries. groceries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, when I'm buying a book, it's like, OK, which, you know, OK, this is a business book. Therefore, it's this card. Um, the only one that throws me is PayPal because I, you know, I have a PayPal account and it has both business and personal accounts in there. And so I always have to stop and look and go, OK, which 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 button am I clicking? Right. But, you know, it's it does make it so much easier if you just have two totally separate accounts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and like you said, for all the reasons that you just said, so I'm not going to repeat them. I'm just going to say amen to them. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> well, now, speaking of taxes, Bernadette, oh, you know, we just got new tax law. And it's so funny. You know, if, if I go by what I see on Facebook, either all these new tax laws are the greatest thing since we dumped the tea in the Boston Harbor mm-hmm. or the world is coming to an end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's just, there's no in between. There's so know, much polarization. Yeah. So it really is in between. I mean, you know, it's, it's like everything. So let's just kind of start because it's, you know, I, I haven't seen the new tax law, but I'm assuming it's, you know, one of those things that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, they, they kill many, 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 many trees when they oh, use yeah. it and you know, all these various things. So, as small business owners, what do we need to, to know, you know, at least the basics, you know, about all these new tax laws? So one of the things that we have to realize is, one, <clears throat> I want to back it up because small business owners are still individuals. And so the right. individual piece affects them, too. But mm-hmm. the first thing that I like to say is that most of the changes are effective 2018. So cool. when you're filing your taxes for this year, you don't have to worry about any of those changes as it relates to your 2017, okay. because most of the changes are for 2018 going forward. The okay. only change that I've read so far that affects 2017 is the individual mandate. And this was the kind of the penalty for not having health insurance. So now the individual mandate has been stripped from the tax law. So if you did not have um, the minimum essential coverage or whatever the language is, you don't have to worry about being penalized for not having that. And so um, and there are like you said, there are people who think that is great. And then there are people who think that is terrible. I am not here to debate either of the two sides. It's just the way it is. It's just, that is just the fact. So we're just going to talk about the facts of the tax laws and you can, um, you know, talk among yourselves as to whether or not it's great or not. Um, a couple of other things that are, um, 
going away in 2018 is personal exemptions. And so in the past, depending on the number of people on a tax return, um, you would get a personal exemption for each person. So this is um, in the past. It's been last year. It was uh, four thousand five fifty. So forty fifty per person. Um, and that's going away. So what that means is. So, Deb, you and I are both empty nesters. And so um, we just have ourselves and our husbands on our tax returns. So with the personal exemption, we used to be able to get a personal exemption for ourselves and our spouses. That's going away. So, yeah, boo. And this is also, um, you know, this also applies to any dependents. So for those people who have children who are still at home or if you're taking care of parents who live with you, the personal exemption for those people are going away. Yeah. So that's not going to be good for some people um, because um, that 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 was that was a big tax um, help. Mm-hmm. Um, home intre- home equity line of credit or HELOC. Mm-hmm. The interest for that is no longer deductible as of 2018. So people who had um, line of credits on their homes, you can no longer deduct the interest on those. That is not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right, because that's a lot of people got those rather than a regular loan simply because you could deduct that interest. Exactly. So now they can't deduct it. So I don't know if they, you know, there are probably some people who will be looking at refinance and maybe their home mortgage to, you know, roll that debt into the home mortgage. You know, there there are probably some options out there for mm-hmm. some people, and some people will just be stuck with having this line of credit and not being able to deduct the interest. Mm-hmm. There's some conversation about the property taxes, and these are just the highlights. I'm not going to go into deep, 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 deep details. Right. But the property tax deduction has been limited to $10,000. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a home where your property taxes exceed 10000 the most that you can take is $10,000. Um, what else? So those are some of the things that are going away. Miscellaneous deductions are going away. Mm-hmm. These were the things like the your tax prep fees. Okay. Um, people who are employees, they can no longer deduct their employee business expenses. So if you have expenses as an employee and maybe your employer didn't reimburse you for those expenses, you'll no longer be able to deduct those. Okay. Uh, so not, you know, again, some people it's not cool. Some people say it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, standard deductions are going up. And so ah. the increase on the standard deduction is supposed to offset the going away of the personal exemption. For okay. some people, this may be the case, but there will be other people where it won't be. So um, the standard deduction, depending on your filing status, will be going up, which th- this is pretty high for a standard deduction. I think the um, the standard deduction for a married couple was scheduled to be about 13000 for 2018, and now it's twenty four. Um, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, child tax credit is also going up to two thousand, and again, okay. this is for people who have children mm-hmm. under under seventeen. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a a family tax credit if you have a qualifying dependent. So this may be, um, a, a may, again, we talked about some people are taking care of their parents, mm-hmm. so that is a deduction. <clears throat> that you know can be a Get good y'all thing. Choked up talking yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, one other deduction that is um, 
was a pretty cool one is the 529 plans. And so in the past, mm-hmm. 529 plans is a plan that allows you to put money away for education. Right. Well, now you can use those plans for um education before college so you used to be able to only use it for college so yeah that's pretty cool um so that's a good thing that kind of came from it Mm -hmm. so now let's talk about the business stuff and um this is the piece this is and this is one of those don't do this at home kind of things because you really do want to um connect if you don't have a tax accountant you need to get one um Mm -hmm. if TurboTax has been your accountant you probably want to Work with someone who is familiar or familiarizing themselves with this new tax laws because there's lots of changes that are going to come into place. And because these laws go into effect this year, 2018, Mm -hmm. you want to have a conversation with with an accountant so that you know some of the things that you need to be doing to prepare yourself for the change because – For some people, the change is going to be drastic. I did a consultation for a client, and unfortunately, based on his situation, his taxes are going to go up. So there are some people whose taxes are going to go up. Some Mm -hmm. people whose taxes are going to go down. Really, really important that you kind of plan for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending on the way that your business is set up, we'll determine which of these tax laws will uh, benefit you as a business owner. C-corporations are seeing a decrease in the corporate tax rate down to 21%. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It used right. to be 35. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so, so if you're a C-Corp owner, um, then you, you'll see a significant tax savings. Now, mm-hmm. don't run out and be a C-Corp just because the tax um, right, rate there's, is... There's, yeah reasons to be a c-corp right and there are some some entities that do not fare well as c-corporations so again it's really important that you have an accountant that you can have these kind of conversations with um i want to emphasize that as a small business owner as an entrepreneur please 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 set up your business correctly you know don't think oh i'm just going to take the money and i'm going to file it on my personal taxes there's so many reasons why you need to go, you know, trotting down to your secretary of state. Actually, when I set up my business, I did have to do that. <laughs> the Internet didn't exist. I had to go down. Um, and, and it, you know, it was it was really funny. You know, you go in and you apply for a business license. And there's a variety of business licenses. Um, you know, as, as Bernadette said, research it. Figure out which is right for you. But please, 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 please don't just have people write you a check and, and you put it in your account. No, no. Yeah. Again, take this business seriously and set it up as a business, whether it's an S-Corp, an LLC, a C-Corp, or whatever the heck it's going to be, make sure you have done that. And you know what, Deb? I I say this all the time. If you don't invest in your business, why would you want some? Why would you expect someone else to invest Uh in your business? Yeah. So you got to definitely make sure that you're doing whatever it is that you that you need to to invest in your business, making sure that it's set up properly and it's running properly. Meaning, you know, you are making the adjustments for the signs of the times, the changes and all that good stuff. So Mm -hmm. here's another one that's a really cool one. And this one actually has been around before. Um, 
probably a lot of people might not know the technical name of it, but it was called a Section 179 deduction. And this was a deduction that allowed you to completely expense a um, an asset that you purchased. So let me give you this is my really cool analogy because I love telling stories and I love telling them in a way that we can take this really complicated tax code gibberish Mm -hmm. and turn it into plain English. So when you purchase an asset for your business, um, typically you will have to recoup the cost of that asset over a period of time. So let's say, for instance, if you purchase computers for your your new business, a computer, let's say you purchase Mm -hmm. a computer for your new business. Well, because the, the life of that computer is more than a year, it better, you know, like this computer better last more than a year. Because it lasts more than a year, we will not take the, the cost of that and deduct it in the year that you purchase it. This is t- typically, right. you you spread it out over mm-hmm. the life of the equipment. And right. so it, it depreciates. It's, it's called depreciation. And so that's what depreciation is. It is spreading out the cost of, usually it's a big ticket item, spreading mm-hmm. out the cost of this big ticket item over the life of the item. And it kind of helps you to recoup or recover the cost over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So, with the Section 179 deduction, the Section 179 deduction allows you to fully recover the cost in the year that you put it into service. Oh, wow. Um, and so as opposed to when you purchase that computer, instead of spreading out the cost of that purchase over five years, which is what normally happens in a depreciation setting, you can actually deduct it the year that you place it into service. Nice. And so the the section 179 deduction is is put into place to kind of encourage people to invest in their businesses. It's a, it's supposed to encourage people to spend money to get the economy going and things like that. And in most cases it has worked. You know, people will use this section 179 deduction um to go and purchase new vehicles for their business um or new equipment for the business or <laughs> A building, you know, for um, for their business. And so that's the way the Section 179. So this is my story. And this is how I explain this to people in in layman's plain English term. So think of think about um, every day you should, if you don't eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have a really long day today. And so you decide that you're going to be gone all day. By the time you come back home, it's going to be time to take a shower and just hit mm-hmm. the bed. Right. So you pack your breakfast, you pack your lunch and you pack your dinner mm-hmm. so that you don't have to eat fast food. Right? You can eat healthy and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about being hungry all day. So you at breakfast, you eat breakfast. At lunch, you eat your lunch. And at dinner, you eat your dinner. That is the example of using depreciation in the regular way. You kind of okay. spread it out. Right. Well, with the Section 179, you are really, really hungry or greedy. And mm-hmm. so you eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's kind of how Section 179 deduction works. So it's really cool that the, the year that you um, introduce it, the year that mm-hmm. you place the asset into service, right. 
you fully expense it, but those other four years, you don't have any deductions because you took it all. And it's kind of like when lunchtime comes, you don't have lunch because you ate it at breakfast. Right. And same thing with dinner. So, mm-hmm. so there's a strategy to the Section 179. And so I'm not saying go run out and go buy all this stuff and write it off in the year that you purchase it because depending on the growth of your business, depending on what your goals are for your business, that might not work for you. That might not be the best strategy. So again, that is why you need someone like me to Mm kind of help you to figure out if Section 179 is really what you want to do or do you really want to take all of your depreciation right now for right. some businesses, it will make sense. Mm-hmm. For some businesses, it won't. So, right. Well, and obviously, it depends on what it is. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I think computers. You know, we we want them to last longer. Yeah. Anymore, I mean, some of them. I think it really is an a planned obsolescence <laughs> of a year. Yeah. And, you know, and and you know, or iPhones. You know, I, I love it when they start coming out and saying, "Well, yeah, we really have been tinkering with it so that the battery, the battery life is safe." No. They want you to buy a new phone every year, um, you know, and, and and, you know, so all of these things. So, yeah, I mean, it might make sense to just take the whole thing in a year or you might really want to think about it. And think, OK, you know, no, this is a bigger piece of equipment, right. you know, that that is, you know, I need to spread it out a lot longer period of time. Right. And, you know, you want to think about as a business owner, if you are if your income is accelerating, meaning you're continuously growing, you take all of your deduction this year in a year when you really are, um, because let's think about it. The point of purchasing that asset was to be able to create more income. Right. Right. And so if the asset does what it's supposed to do and help you create more income, if you're making more money um, in the future years and you've already depreciated it fully, you know, it doesn't kind of offset that. So you just want to, you know, that's a really cool um, deduction, but you want to make sure that it is in line with your business plan. Uh-oh. Right. You know, and part of it might actually be the, the how long you're planning your business to be in business. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there are people who really are only doing something for a couple of years for whatever reason. Right. Um, or they're ramping know, down. You may right, be right, you may be ready to retire. Right. You know, and, and all these various things. So you want to take more. You want to take advantage of things when you can, as opposed to, oh, my gosh, I have to keep my business running for five years to get that that last ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've seen it. I've seen it both ways. You know, mm-hmm. of course, I've been in business since 2001. So I've been around the block a couple of times as it relates to this. And it's mm-hmm. with me and my clients. And so I've had clients that have placed assets into service and fully depreciated them. And then, you know, year three, they're looking crazy because they don't have any depreciation to offset right. all this income mm-hmm. um, that they that they have. So. Mm-hmm. You, you just want to make sure that you are planning. Another thing that you want to think about is a lot of times people don't think about this when they're planning is what is your um, your lending strategy? So are you planning to purchase a home? Are you planning to purchase a house? Are you planning to get a business loan? And so um, a lot of people want to write everything off. But if you're writing everything off, you're clearly not going to qualify for this new home or this new business or um, line of credit and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so you, there's, there's just, you have to be strategic mm-hmm. about your business. Um, and 
that's only if you're really serious about business. Like if you just really just started selling jewelry or lipstick just so that you can get some write-offs, then maybe we're not talking to you. But right. if you are if you're serious about your business and you're looking about you're looking to grow something bigger than yourself or you're looking to make an impact on the lives of multiple people, you have to be strategic about mm-hmm how you use these deductions and, you know, how you plan for those kind of things. So, Right, right. Well, you know, one of the things that they talked about when they were saying, you know, when they were passing all these new laws was that they were, the goal is to make things more simpler. More simpler? More simple. Um, you know, and, I like and, that. I like that. Yeah, Even though, you know, like, yeah. it's like bestest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make it more simpler. Um, you know, and it's funny because everybody just went bestest. Of course, I knew who you were talking about. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, you know, I don't think that we'll probably ever get to the, hey, you fill out a postcard and send it in type ever. of income taxes. Ever. But, you know, it's, and, and that's simply because our, uh, what we do is just too complicated, um, you know, and, 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 you know, there's too many layers, too many levels. We are, you know, we do have home-based businesses. You know, we are also working for a company, you know, all these various things. It's not just going to happen that we have a postcard and we, you know, check two boxes and we send it in, but hopefully things will get simpler and simpler. But at the same point, it, it does seem to get more confusing, you know, because they make these changes and I'm like, yeah, but last year I could do X. Exactly. So again, you know, that's where you need to consult with somebody like Bernadette to say, okay, now what? What have they done to me this year? <laughs> yeah, what's changed? What do I have to do differently? Those are all questions, you know, things that you want to um, take into consideration when just, you know, anytime there's there's new tax law, you want to, you you have to take those things into consideration. Like, what are some of the things that I have to do differently as a result of this? How will I benefit? Or you know, it's also a part of, you know, knowing that helps you to, to develop your strategy. So how do right. I benefit from this? Mm-hmm. Um, because the last thing that you want to do is um, wait until this time uh, next year right. and ask those questions because there's nothing that can be done about it. Um, right. And, um, you know, and some of these things that we talked about are temporary. Some of them are permanent. And then, you know, and we, we get new, we get a uh, new um, elected officials all the time and they mm-hmm. go back and undo what the other person mm-hmm. did. So there, I mean, even, even the stuff that's supposedly permanent is not necessarily permanent, right. you know? Right. So, yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing that people who, you know, the sky is falling. That's what we, you know, we have to remember is things will change. You know, the, the only thing permanent is change, is, is I believe what they say. And death. You know, and, and, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, death that's and taxes. It. <laughs> that was it. Death and taxes. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, you toss in, as you as you said, you know, state. You know, so you, you just get your federal figured out, and then, holy schmoly, your, your state folks start tinkering with things. And that, you know, that does add a layer of complication to it. You know, do you do business in multiple states? Are you doing business online? You know, are you selling products online through Amazon, through Etsy, through eBay, you know, all those various things. And, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, I mentioned the fact that, you know, I, I might cheat on some other things, but no, not IRS. Right. And, you know, and whether it's federal, whether it's state, they will find you. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's best just to get it all set up and, and, you know, do it the right way to start with. As opposed to, you know, having to, to fix it later, because sometimes fixing it later is very costly. Oh, yeah. Not sometimes. It's just, you know, you want to think about if you if you're driving down the street 
and there's a, a semi-truck in front of you and a little pebble from the semi-truck hits your windshield mm-hmm. and you get that small little dent. You can fix it then and it will cost you so little that you won't even have to pay your deductible. Or you can wait until that little dent becomes a crack that goes all the way across your windshield. And when you get to that point, it is definitely going to cost you a lot more to get it fixed. And so we all have a choice. We can be proactive or reactive. Reactive always costs more. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and unfortunately, you could end up losing your business and, you know, your house, you know, all sorts of things. So, you know, folks, just just do it right to start with. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to do that. Um. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, speaking of taxes, now we're going to start hearing the commercials about my tax ID was stolen. You know, I, I went to pay my taxes and discovered that somebody had already claimed my... Ah, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> you know? and, and it's funny because I, I always think, oh, yeah, right, whatever. That's not true. You know, it, it is, you know, things are much more complicated because we can e-file. It's not, you know, we're, we're no longer going to the little post office with our little file and, and mailing it away and, you know, getting all of these things. But... You know, people do steal your tax identity. How, how do we keep that from happening? Yeah. And, and then what the heck do we do if it really did happen? I know. And Deb, this is this is so real. This is so real. Like, I've had this happen to so many of my clients. And it's heartbreaking um, mm-hmm. because you go, you know, they come in, they, they send us their stuff. We prepare their return. We send it off to be e-filed and we get that little R. And and it's, you know, and that's yes. And their return is rejected and it's rejected because their social has already been used um, and to prepare a tax return. And this Mm -hmm. this is very real. Um, Sometimes it's someone that, you know. And sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes in the cases when it's someone, you know, those are just the worst because it's usually like an ex-spouse or, um, you know, and I've seen it happen with the kids when when you have I, I had a client who was a divorced mom and she had two, they had two kids according to the divorce decree she was the the full custody of the the kids and mm-hmm. she was claiming them and her ex-husband would claim the kids you know oh, <laughs> yeah and if he filed first yep he won yep temporarily so it's a mm-hmm. temporary win because what ends up happening in her case what we have to do is and i've had this happen both ways where the the dad is the the, the primary custodian right. so what ends up happening is the person who filed first of course they initially get the money and mm-hmm. for claiming this person but the person who is legally um has the legal right to claim this person. We file a paper return. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have paper? to, you, can still, do you can still do that. Yes. And in this situation you have to, so you file a paper return for this person. This person has to mail in the return with their documentation to show that this kid is mine. According to the courts, I'm the one that's mm-hmm. supposed to claim them. And what they do is they go back to the non-custodial parent and say, hey, you weren't supposed to file this this kid. You have right. to pay this money back. Um, and, you know, and so it's a pain for everyone. Um, 
But, you know, and those <laughs> situations are kind of hard to avoid because, you know, they it's your kid. At some point you was married to the other person. Mm-hmm. So you have the socials, you have the right. birth dates and all that stuff. There's nothing you can do about it. But there are other situations where people have filed fraudulent returns in an adult's name and, mm-hmm. and they all they do it all for the purposes of collecting a tax return. And this is usually when they found your, they've gotten your information from somewhere, you know? And mm-hmm. so I say, protect your information, protect your social security number, protect your, protect your date of birth. These are the things that people need in order to file a tax return for you. And so in my office, you know, Deb, we're virtual. Our office mm-hmm. is virtual. 90 Nine percent of our clients are they work with us virtually, even the ones mm-hmm. that are here in Atlanta. But we 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 have a rule. We don't email or fax anything that has a Social Security number, a tax ID number or bank account information because we want to protect our clients. I, right. We protect it. And so just be leery of, you know emailing that kind of stuff i have some people that say oh i'm I'm okay with it just send it but here's the thing you're the only one it's going to and that's not true it, you know and that's the other thing everyone has a cell phone we all have a cell phone where our emails come to our phones mm-hmm. um and so your when you email that tax return you don't know where it's going to end up right and especially if you're using say the wi-fi at starbucks oh, or you know, something yes. like that Yes. Yes. And so, you know, sending stuff on unsecured networks is even worse. But, you know, so you want to protect your information by not doing that. We use a secure portal for our clients. And so they they log into and it's very secure, like the banks and they have their own. um, It's encrypted and they have their ID. Uh, password, strong passwords, not one, two, three password <laughs> um, that they can log in and upload their information. It's a lot safer. So you want to do things to make sure that you're protecting your information, um, protecting your records, paying attention, you know, check your mail daily because mm-hmm. you get your W-2s in the mail. People can steal that stuff out of your mailbox. And so right. pay attention to that. If, if your employers have the option for you to get your W-2s electronically versus getting them in the mail, opt for that. Because then that also, you know, can kind of protect your stuff. Be aware of the scams. There are scammers out there. They're calling you and they're pretending to be the IRS. They're demanding payments over the phone. This is not true. The IRS does not call you and badger you and make you pay them with a green dot card or Mm -hmm. go get a Walmart gift certificate. I mean, a gift card. They don't do that. Please don't. You know, I get an email from at least two or three clients a year saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I got this call. Is it real? No, it is not. Number one, you don't owe. (laughs) You know, you did your your taxes. You know, you don't owe. And number two, it's a scam. And so just watch out for the scammers. There are lots of rings out there that that's what they do. They call and they intimidate you, especially older people, which I think is really terrible. Um, they will intimidate seniors into thinking that they have to pay. And if you don't pay now, then they're going to come to your door and arrest you. The IRS doesn't do that. They, they also don't send emails. They will not send you an email and say, click this link and pay your taxes. That's not the IRS. They're old school. They don't send emails. They call. They send letters in the mail. Um, if you are a victim of identity theft, tax identity theft, make sure that you report it to law enforcement. So you want to get a police report. You want to report it um, to law enforcement 
um, the next step would be to put a fraud alert on your credit report because they have your social security number. They have your tax ID number. So put that fraud alert out there. And then there's also an affidavit that you file with the IRS to let the IRS know that you've been a victim, which they are. They kind of know, but you have to file this affidavit. Um, And when you file this affidavit, what happens is to protect you in the future, the IRS will issue what's called an IP pin. And this is a pin number that is required in order to file a future tax return with your social security number. Mm -hmm. And so that protects you. And this pin changes every year. Um, Yeah. And so it will protect you from no one will be able to file you. Um, you're on your social again because a, a return won't go through without that pin number. Uh, okay. Uh, so that's one. That's uh, those are some of the things that you will you'll need to know and just kind of protect yourself from fraud. Just paying attention to what's going on, making sure that you are not giving your social um, and birth dates to just any and everybody. Someone calls you and says, "We want to verify some information from you." It's like, "Hey, you called me. You give. You tell me what you have." Kind of thing. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, or I will call you back, you know, and, and, and don't call the number they give you, exactly. you know, and, and so say if it's your bank, you know, then you look up the number of your bank and call them on that number, you know, and, and all these things. But, you know, and, and, and watch what people ask for. It's, it's really funny as you were talking about this. I was thinking, you know, I had a, a, a client, a big client, you know, not only in size of their company, but in size of what I did for them. And you know, this was several years ago. I, I, you know, get an email from them. We need your social security number because it's tax time. And I said, okay, A, I'm not giving you my social security number over an email. Exactly. And B, I am a corporation. You have been paying Wise Women Communications, LLC. <laughs> you know, they never paid me by my name. I mean, you know, they always paid. And, and I said, you know, and, and hello, I have those three little letters after it. And I have a federal tax ID number. And I said, that is what I will provide to you. And they actually came back and said, no, we need your social security. I said, no, you don't. And, you know, and they were a big enough company that it kind of alarmed me. Now, I was talking to the right person. I mean, it wasn't that they were. It wasn't a scam. scam. Okay. Right. Well, that's a relief. But yeah. And and I told him, I said, no, I am a company, you know, and, and I have a federal tax ID. And I don't know if it was an intern or quite what, but. You know, I was like, no, folks, you know, double check on these things. Just because somebody seems to know what they're asking for, you know, don't do that. And, and you know, like we said, don't just email it to them. Oh, you know, my gosh. Oh, here's my social security number. No, no, no. Danger, danger. Right. Right. Not. Yeah. You don't do it. Don't do it. It's not. Mm-hmm. And those are just small things that you can do because there are hackers that um, so. There are hackers out there, and that's their job, is right. to intercept um, unsecured networks. Mm-hmm. They they park on unsecured networks, and they wait for you to buy something online mm-hmm. or send something in an email that they can get, and they actually sell this. So I don't know if you know this, Deb, but when I did my, um, my second master's in fraud and forensics, one of the classes um, we, we talked about, like this, this – um, this network where um, there's is called a, it's called a Carter's Forum. So it's kind of like a place, this really dark place where mm-hmm. um, hackers hang out 
and they have job boards. They have training sessions where they train you to be a hacker. Um, they, you know, and and it's basically if you get this many credit cards, we'll pay you for you know the X amount of right. dollars, and they sell your credit card information, your social security number, all that kind of information on this. Mm-hmm black market so to speak and um cybersecurity is so important it's such a huge market now because it's like um gangsters have taken to the internet and now mm-hmm. they can right. stick you up without mm-hmm. a gun without ever seeing you can empty your bank account can ruin i mean not you know even if you get it all back the hassle Mm-hmm. that you have to go through to to get it back it's just not worth it so just protect yourself up front you know so. right right you know and and obviously you know as as we've been saying there are steps to take you know don't just give people that i love caller id you know and and, and i get those you know hello this is the irs and it's funny because you know it's like really you, you're not really speaking well yeah. you're not really speaking well right. you know and and all these, and and i love the id because sometimes it's you know, uh, unlisted. I always love those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, a person's home number. I'm thinking, yeah, the IRS is going to call me. From, right. You know, from, and you know, all of these things, and you know, so it just it's it's common sense, but of course, it does startle you. You know, when this person says, "Hello, we're from the IRS, and we're going to garnish your bank account," you're like, "Oh my God, what do I need to do to stop?" Right. All you have to do is just go down to Walmart and get, (laughs) and that is it. I know. I love those. I'm like, really? You know, you want a Walmart gift card to pay off my tax bill? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and it's funny because my chiropractor is actually in the same office building as an IRS office, an actual true physical IRS office. And it's a steady stream of people who go in there and it's, you know, it's, it's a real live IRS office. But, you know, those things exist. You know, there there are places where you can call and say, I got this number. As Bernadette said, you report them. Of course, even better is if you have someone who has done your taxes, then you call and you say, Bernadette, fix that. Right. You know, and right. Bernadette will say, no, 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 you don't do that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, part of what we've been talking about is fraud, and we didn't even get to really talk about this. You've got this great book called Did You Hire a Fraud? And, you know, and you've got information on your website. Do you, you know, did your, is your accountant a fraud? <laughs> oh, holy smoke. Yeah. You know, that never even occurs to us. You know, all these various things. And, you know, it, it is important to think about who are you working with? You know, what volunteers do you have? Who are you giving your money to? Mm-hmm. You know, we hear about it all the time where the trusted bookkeeper from X church, X nonprofit, you know, whatever, has absconded with hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. Right. Um, you know, and you always, I, everybody, well, I always love the interviews. Well, he, she seemed like a real nice person. They always are. They bake cookies. Yeah. and. <laughs> And, and they and have my, cats in there. Just <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, it is important to check people out. You know, I, it, the days of handshakes are unfortunately long gone. You know, all these check people out. Make sure that who you're working with really is legitimate and, and a, a, you know, an, an upstanding person. Exactly. You know, get references. Check, you know, and it's easy to check people out now because you can just Google a person. And um, I'm always amazed when I Google someone and nothing comes up like that's Yeah, that's a red flag they for me. No like, digital footprint. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a weird thing. Yeah. Like, where did you come from? Like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. 
It's kind of like those movies where, you know, the, the police are checking somebody out and they say, hmm, their social security number just started two years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, very few people really are in witness relocation, folks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if they are, you probably still want to kind of question it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why are they in witness exactly. relocation? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, well, Bernadette, this has, as always, been an absolute delight and uh, you know, really, we're we're done, but we we're not done. We just have to have you on as a three peat, um, because you know this is something that I think, especially with taxes, you know, we need to keep talking to people about, keep you know, informing them, letting them know. So in the meantime, how do they find you and connect with you online? So go to buythebookaccounting.com, and that is B-Y, not like purchase the book. It is, <laughs> I actually I actually get phone calls from people that are that think that our office is a bookstore, and they want to know, I can they it. purchase this book? Yeah, so it uh-huh. is buy, meaning that is the way that we do things, buythebookaccounting.com. That is, um, that is our website. And so if you are not, um, you're not connected with an accountant, or your accountant is not telling you some of the stuff that Deb and I talked about today, schedule a call with me. The first call is free. Let's talk about your situation and let's see if there's a fit, you know? So, and um, you can also go there to get lots of information about what we do, how we help people. And uh, if you are on social media, my social media handle is Trust Bernadette and that it's everywhere. Trust Bernadette and you can follow me on social media. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking taxes. Who knew? Who knew? With with Bernadette Harris. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.